The views expressed on this broadcast of the Carol Ann Preston Show do not necessarily reflect KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. The hosts, co-hosts, and affiliates do not represent any particular 12-step program. I sit and wait as an angel Contemplate my fate Do they know the places where we go when we're gray and old? Cause I have been told that salvation lets their wings unfold. So when I'm lying in my bed, Thoughts running through my head And I feel that love is dead I'm loving angels instead And through it Forsake me I'm loving angels instead Welcome to the Carol Ann Preston Show on Relationships, a weekly show exploring the challenges and opportunities we face with each other as we walk through recovery. Author, relationship counselor, and recovered alcoholic Carol Ann Preston shares her personal experience and professional insight as she answers your questions and reveals the solutions found in our spiritual journey of the 12 steps. And now, here's your host, Carol Ann Preston and the Monty Man. Mm-hmm. Hey, Carol, do you think that perhaps uh, when we get to heaven, we won't only be giving the Lord hugs, but maybe we'll be even hugging some angels, huh? Yeah, I think so. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I just, you know, um, some some close people close to me have um, lost a, a loved one this past week. Mm. Uh, my daughter-in-law's grandfather um, passed away, and I I got to see her and her mom this past week, and. And writing them a note and, and sharing with them the, the dragonfly story that will be up on my website sometimes <laughs> back up there, um, is it rem- I was reminded that we are a breath away. Yes. A breath away from God. We're a breath away from the dimension of God's spirit and from our loved ones and from his holy angels. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are that close to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was very comforting to, to be reminded, you know, when, when and that's, I think, why working with others and, and giving is it helps us so much is because we're reminded, yeah. you know. And I was reminded that God's Spirit and God's holy angels and, and those that we love who are, who are with the Lord, um, and in the in the, I like saying the light of love, mm-hmm. it's just a breath away. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm looking for a lot of hugs. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> well, listen, and, and here uh, I want to make available again, and we've sent several out, and listeners, I, I'm so glad that you've taken the opportunity to do this. Uh, we have talked uh, before about faithcomesbyhearing.com, and uh, what it is, it's a it's a 28-day-a-minute Bible reading program, and you can use your Bible and read along if you want to, uh, but I don't know about you listeners, I have a little hard time retaining what I read sometimes, but if I'm listening to it too, uh, it helps me, and this is, this is an awesome uh, awesome way to do that. Faithcomesbyhearing.com, if your church is interested uh, in ordering a whole bunch of these, they do have a program uh, where they'll, they'll send you like 100 of them and uh, you can pass them out to people in your church. And uh, these are being made provided, or being provided <laughs> for us by faithcomesbyhearing.com. And uh, what it is, uh, just to give you a little insight on it, uh, Faith Comes by Hearing is a scripture listening program that has been proven effective in reaching the world's poor and illiterate with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, what they do is there's, they have a machine called a proclaimer, and it looks like a little AM FM radio, and it is uh, uh, powered uh, by solar or battery, or you can wind it up. And so you can listen to it in the dark if you don't have batteries. And uh, this thing is taken to uh, all over the world. Uh, and, and the Bible is translated into uh, that particular area's uh, language. And one of the things that they feel very strongly about is that part of all over the world is you and I. So uh, we want to make available. It's free. Uh, we're not even charging you postage, okay? We want to send this out to you if you would like one of these things. We're giving away one of these a week. And please email me at take12radio.com. Uh, it is produced by Hosanna and the International Bible Society um, help with this thing too. And it's just 20, you could, you, you'll be able to read through the entire New Testament in 28 days uh, for 40 days, or 28 minutes for 40 days. And it is, it's got some uh, drama in it. It's not just, you know, boring listening. There's actually some drama in there. And it is, but it's word for word. And it's, uh, it's just good stuff. Just good stuff. And it's all in MP3 format. So you can play it on your computer or download it to your uh, iPod or whatever. So there's, there's my plug there for the uh, free <laughs> Bible thing. And Carol's is on her way. And there's a few of you out there that have uh, already received yours. So... And this is only available, by the way, on the Carol Ann Preston Show. Uh, you can't get it on any of the other shows, so tell your friends to listen to this show. Yes, <laughs> yes, and, and download it, and, 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 you know, and if you have your own website and you want to put it on there, yep, um, that would be great. Yes, and there's, uh, there is, oh, by the way, folks, uh, speaking of that, we can supply you with a code. Uh, it's very easy to do. Uh, to put uh, this this uh, podcast, we broadcast an MP3 stream, but the podcast, so you can put the actual podcast on your MySpace site, on your uh, Facebook or Shout Life or whatever, or your just personal website, you can put this show on there, and it will upload on its own. So you don't have to do anything else except for put the code in. Uh, we'd love to have you do that. We really, really will. I would. I get my words all mixed up today. Maybe it's because maybe it's because we're going to start on the traditions and it gets me all <laughs> weirded out. <laughs> we have heard it said, Carol, in in meetings uh, by by folks that uh, the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, the Twelve Traditions, um, 
should also be applied to our personal lives. And when I first heard that, I was like, what? Because they seem so part, much part of the business end of AA. And it wasn't until um, I heard this over and over again in, in meetings of different different 12-step fellowships that I began to look into how in the heck that works. And you're going to be sharing with the listeners, really, what we're talking about. I'm going to do my very best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in preparing for this show, I know that there um, there are speakers um, who do travel around and talk about the traditions um, and applying the tradition and, and, and just talking about the traditions as it applies to the group. I don't think there's they get a lot of um, people show up because <laughs> it sounds so boring. Right. Uh, you know, but apply the traditions into my daily life. How do I apply the traditions into my relationships? And that gets our attention. It got my attention, and I remember when I became a single mom in 1985. I remembered, I remember, and I was still fairly new, mm-hmm. with a couple years in, in recovery, and I remembered because it just kept going through my head that I wanted to be self-supporting through my own contributions. And I had not worked in eight years. I was a stay-at-home mom and a professional volunteer, and no one told me that I needed to do this or I should do this. It was mm-hmm. just, it, you know, I, I was practicing daily prayer and meditation, and it, it just it, it just was a thought that was consistent and persistent. And that, to me, is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Mm. And um, I, <laughs> let me tell you, I looked for a job. I mean, I, my resume was... One was one page, which they suggest, but it's three pages now. But one one page, and it was a list of all the volunteer work I had done and the skills that I had, you know. And, and someone helped me with this because I'd never thought about that. And, and you know, I, I had been a public speaker as a volunteer and raising money and yada yada yada. And and I would look for a job and. Um, and I was with that is the foundation of I was willing to go to any lengths to be self-supporting through my own contributions. Now, I was not arrogant to say I would have declined uh, help had I needed it. Okay. Okay. Because there are some who make a decision to go back to go back to school so that long term they will be in a better position to be mm-hmm. self-supporting and they are on government aid if you know if they have children and they get subsidy for child care and 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 that's fine that's fine you know i do you know we we do need to give back you know it's not sure. just a one-sided deal is right. it needs i for me it needs to be reciprocal if I'm going to uh, allow the government to assist me, is I need to when I am on when I am able to give back. Um, however, I can do so. I need I need to give back, and so there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, that's 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 smart. That that works for some people. Um, it it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's not what I felt I was called to do, and 
and I would knock on doors. I would make cold calls. Uh, I would tell my emotions, you sit in the car. I will come back and get you. <laughs> you cannot go with me into yeah. the overhead doors in this little small town where <laughs> they're not, they only want women in 1985 because I need a job. Yeah. And I would go and I would cold call on jobs. And, I mean, I wanted a sales job because I knew I would had the potential to make the most money uh, to support uh, myself and two kids. And I did have child support, and I did have a small uh, settlement from my divorce that allowed me some time to look for a job. And I tell you, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was really tough because I, well, I couldn't find a job for months and months. And months. <laughs> so, so what 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 I'm hearing you say is is uh, the seven tradition was, was like the first one that you saw and were able to like say, wow, I can apply this in my life. I mean, right? Is this and, and that's the one that's the first time it spoke to me and yeah. showed me that for me because it was in my heart and it was my motivation and I was willing to work three jobs. Yeah. that's what it took for my children and I to live in our own space, in our own home, our own apartment, whatever it was. Right. That was very important to me. My, I, I could have moved back home with my parents and gone back to college, and I'm sure they would have supported me in that. It was, that's not where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, my, and I made a list of things that I needed to know and I needed to do before I ever got married again, if I ever got married again. Right. And I needed that independence because I got married when I was very young. I was 19 and uh, I was a mom at 20 and at 21 and I, you know, after eight years of marriage was found myself single and I, my self-esteem needed this tradition. And and I did get a job. I kept knocking on doors, and I would I treated it like a job. Um, but I would also give myself my self esteem some rest because it's hard. It is hard being told no. And like you know, we'd love to hire you, but sorry, you're not a guy. You know? yeah, yeah. And and eventually I was hired mm-hmm. and had moved back to Dallas. Um, which I was thrilled because I needed my group because <laughs> I really missed them. And, and, and it happened and it happened, but I was willing to, I was willing to work, like I said, three jobs if it took three jobs. And, um, I have a family member that found herself in the same position as a single mom and she chose a different route. And that was to go back to college and to get her degree uh, because she could not find a job that would pay her more than um, minimum wage, and, and she couldn't support herself and three children on child support and minimum wage. And so that short period um, allowed her to finish college so that she could be self-supporting, which she eventually became. So mm-hmm. that was my first experience at applying the traditions to my life. So we're going to start with tradition one, which is really, it's relatively short, um, and, and I just wanted to kind of give an introduction into, you know, the why and the how, and and it just, 
it just came to me. You know, I uh-huh. heard it in meetings, you know, we're self-supporting through our own contributions. And when I found myself financially in that position, it just kept going to my head right. and my heart. And and I followed that. And And it wasn't based in fear. And if you want to know how to discern, because the eleventh step and and uh, is 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 also about discernment. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill, in his uh, letters and correspondence with Father Ed Dowling uh, in the in the book Soul of Sponsorship or Soul for Sponsorship, I can't remember how what the title is, but it's like that. Uh, soul of sponsorship. Their letters back and forth. They talk about discernment. Bill um, really needed guidance in discerning God's guidance, and and how do you know this is a door that God's opening? And you know, how do you know uh, that I'm following uh, the will of God? Mm-hmm. And one of the things, simple, 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 that I have found is that a decision based in fear is not of God. A decision and action based in faith and love is a, is one that is founded on God, mm-hmm. on God's love. But when it is fear-based, God is not fear-based mm-hmm. or shame-based right. or guilt-based. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and throwing all of that, that's not coming from God. God no. surrounds us with his love and with encouragement. And and he's, he's not one to shame us into doing the right thing. Now, let me clarify this, okay? Because it does say for, for me, that in, in my faith, that, you know, we are to fear the Lord. Okay, and I had a priest explain this to me. And with my father, my stepfather, who was my father um, to me when he died, he was very young. And and I didn't understand this fear of the Lord because I was really grappling with fear and faith, and 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 God and love and God and fear. You know, it was just kind of all this big pot. Yeah. Uh, that I was going through the steps and going, you know, old ideas, okay, now which ones do I keep? <laughs> you sure. know, after going through the steps, which ones are are true for my path? And and with my dad, um, I was not afraid of him, okay? I was not afraid he was going to hurt me, abandon me. He was, when he died, it was the, so much grief, it's like, he was my go-to person, mm-hmm. but I knew that if something happened, he was the one that I knew under all and any circumstances I could go to him. No matter what, I knew that. And, you know, he didn't become, for all you step-parents out there, he did not become my stepdad until I was 15. Not a pretty age. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he had something I didn't have because I was not interested in being a stepmother because um, I would have been lousy at it. You know, I like it the way I do it. Um, and he was, I loved him, and uh, I wanted to please him. I wanted him to be proud of me. 
And it's not that I did things to get his approval. I wanted, I wanted his approval. Does that make sense? Sure. His, his approval of, like, when he thought I was living with my first husband when we were dating, he would not come to, my parents, they used to come to my apartment on Saturday mornings uh, early and take me to breakfast with them, which was really cool, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and when I, when we were dating, when John and I were dating, and he thought that we were living together, he wouldn't come by. He would not come to my apartment and when he thought we were living together. And my mother told me. Mm-hmm. And I am like, okay, John, you need to take your things and you need to go back over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> we uh-huh. can't, not because I was afraid right. that, that my dad was going to withhold his love of me, that he was going to um, punish me. Mm-hmm. But he was not going to, um, uh, uh, what is the word? He was not going to condone a behavior that he felt was unacceptable. So, so okay, so w- what I'm hearing here is like God wants, and I'm sure just like your dad, wanted to come see you. He did, but but, he but we but when we are disobedient and we don't, what we do is 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 we put a wall up that blocks God from blessing us through our behavior, right? Uh, to, yes, and and what was more important to me was I did not want just I didn't want his disapproval. Not because, well, again, it was not out of fear. It was because I loved him. And I knew he loved me. And I did not want anything to come between that. I wanted, I wanted, I, I just, I loved him. Uh, and I knew he loved me. And doing anything that would cause him shame mm-hmm. or, um, uh, to anything that would come between us, um, like our Saturday morning breakfast is, is with with my parents was, you know what, um, it was not worth it to have my future husband um, pretty much living with me. Right, and you knew your dad oh. was right. You know, you knew your dad was right anyway, right? Uh huh. Deep down inside, I did. Yeah. So. The fear of, and that's what Father Walt told me, and he wrote the foreword to the workbook, which I love the way, he, I just love what he wrote, and he, he's, gosh, how old is he? He's probably close to 90 now, and he is such a wonderful uh, priest. He's a Jesuit priest, and he has helped heal so many uh, areas that I misheard what was said. And even blast my eagle feather uh, one time uh, when I was leading, facilitating a retreat. Um, and the priests were there, and, and they were like, you know, how can we help you? Mm-hmm. And it was a retreat for AA women. And when he blessed my eagle feather, um, which was a gift to me, um, he, he told me a story. And, and, and how it represents um, strength and how the eagle flies 
higher than any any bird. And he related it to the characteristics of God and and how it, it is a symbol. And and he just he said, I just love Father Walt and and he is the person that I would go to when I needed some things clarified and this fear of the Lord was something I just I just couldn't reconcile with and mm-hmm. he told me that as I wanted my father's um, appro- not approval I didn't seek his approval I wanted my life to be something he was proud of Right, the, I the my blessing. Dad to be proud of me, not because he was withholding. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a big difference mm-hmm. trying to get something, and and being that he that my life that he would be proud and saying this is my daughter. Yeah, and and he said that is the fear of the Lord. It's that we want. We don't want anything to disrupt God's love mm-hmm. for us and to experience. We want God to approve and to be proud of us. He loves us no matter what. Now, now, I don't know how we're getting off onto this, it's, it's, you know. But now, uh, now, now the first the first tradition. Maybe we sh- we should tell people what that is, just for people. yeah. The first tradition, and I'm reading the short version, is our com- and, and maybe that's what ties into this because it is I'm going the example I'm going to use is is family mm-hmm. um, our common welfare should come first personal recovery depends upon AA unity and what I did in reading in the 12 and 12 is our common welfare should come first so if you have a pen and paper you want to write this down or in your head just put it like um, um, put it like a one Okay. Common welfare should come first. A big one there. Okay. What? Okay. So if we're talking about applying this tradition to our family or our business. Okay. Okay. So that's one. Number and one. Two okay. is personal recovery depends upon. It says AA unity. You can put family unity, mm-hmm. business unity. So personal recovery depends upon unity. So that's number two. Okay. So under number one, the very first thing you have to identify is what is your common welfare. If that's what comes first, what is your common what is welfare? It? Okay, I'm writing You've this down. You've got to identify what that is. Because it can't come first if we don't know what it is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of like Jason the, Jason the Dale. Um, so our common welfare as a family should come first. So the very first thing in that, and you can go put a put a little number, a capital A under number one. Okay. And 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 for us, our common welfare as a family should come first is our marriage. And some families, it's the children. Now, now should, should okay. You say our marriage. Let's go a little deeper. Do you mean mean like 
the the maintenance of our marriage or the we're going to go into that okay 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 but our common welfare should come first and what comes first is the marriage so a single parent would might say our children well no our children no is the parent oh a parent because if i'm a single parent yeah and I, my welfare, I am not taking care of myself. Right. Gotcha. I'm not taking yeah. care of my physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to take care of my kids very well. Right. Okay. You know, and I, I had a therapist that told me uh, several years into recovery, and said, Carol, you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. You can't. Your kids are old enough. They can reach the washer and dryer, and they laugh, and they tease me. You know, they, we kid about it today, and they're like, oh, our trauma was, you know, in the fourth <laughs> grade and fifth grade. We, we were the only ones who did our own laundry. Yeah, they could reach the washer, and I, oh, it was so hard for me. I was so codependent. It's like I've got to be the <laughs> mom. You know, I'm making up because I got a divorce, and I can't ask my kids to do their own laundry. You know, I did that when I was a stay-at-home mom, and, and she's like, you can't keep doing it all. Mm-hmm. And they are old enough to do their own laundry. And we've talked about this before, is that they are tall enough to reach the buttons, and I showed them how to... You know, separate the clothes and do their washing and drying and folding. And if you don't take it out of the dryer and hang it up, it's going to be wrinkled. And then you're going to have to iron it. And then you've got to be old enough to iron or, you know. So it was in stages. But if if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm not getting enough sleep and I'm too tired and I'm not sober so I'm not and I'm not going to meetings, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be as available uh, I'm going to be more available as a as a parent if I'm taking care of myself. So the parent, the adults have got to have come first. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people are going to nope. The kids have got to come first. Okay, now just hear me out because I've done it the other way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> When Ray and I got married, that's what I thought. It's like, no, the kids come first, meaning their needs come first. Okay, true. But we have to be a unified front. We need to make decisions privately together. You need to be on the same page. We need to be on the same page. Yeah. And I don't need to be aligning with my children. Right. I need to be aligned with my husband. Amen. Okay? (laughs) Yep. And if I'm aligning emotionally with my children, I'm using them. And it's not fair. It's not fair to them, and it's not fair to my spouse, and it's not fair to me. It's not fair to this marriage. It's not fair to this family. Is that like some parents, they want to be best buddies with their kids? Well, not necessarily. There are some who do, but... You know, for some of us, we don't know how to have intimate relationships. And the minute we get married, we're like, we freak out, and we just don't know how to do marriage. You know, we mm-hmm. just don't, we just, we're just so awkward. And, and that's what I know I've written this in, in the workbook where, you know, when children learn how to ride a bicycle mm-hmm. and we take their training wheels off, and 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 we hold on, and they're like, okay, let go, let go, let go, and we let go, and then they go, okay, crash, boom. Right. And we don't go, you idiot. 
you know, why did you tell me to let go? What do we do? We go, okay, you know what? You can do this. Mm-hmm. You can do this. You know, and we clap. And you're like, yay, you yeah. went, you went, you know, you went this far. Yay, you can do it. You know, we cheer them on. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I can do it again. And, and this time I'll, I'll have you hold on a little longer. And we're like, okay, I won't let go until you, you know, until you're sure. And or maybe wait until, you know, wait till I, I see that you're, you know, really solid, and then I'll let go. And that's God. Mm-hmm. And and we applaud our children when when they fall down, when they're trying to learn how to walk. We're like, oh, come on, you can take that step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what do we do as adults to ourselves when we are <laughs> learning how to do something we don't know how to do? We beat ourselves we up. We beat ourselves up, yep. We're like, you idiot. How can you not know how to have a conversation with your spouse? I've been in reco- I've been in recovery this many years. I ought to be I here. I should yeah. know how to do this by yeah. now. Look how old I am. What an idiot. Yeah. You know, God does not want us. You know, we take as adults responsibility for our for self parenting that we've talked about many times on this show. And the first step in self parenting is loving ourselves as we would love ourselves as a child. Mm. You know, and and as we're adults, if you know, and we're married, and we and we're, say we we get married or we're married, and and we don't know how, we're afraid, and we don't have a model, and you know, seek spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. Find out how. Take a class in communication. That's such a big thing, but. Get ask for help, and going to counseling is not always because there's a problem. It's like maintenance. It's like okay, how how do we have a unified front with our kids? We have a blended family, and we have financial arguments because she has no boundaries, and I, you know, it's my money with my kids and your money with your kids. You know, that's not a family, right? You know, That's so, right. and I and I know we've talked about this um, in meetings before, Ray and I, family after meetings, and boy, it brought up so many issues uh, with, with people um, because it is an issue. So our common welfare, our marriage has to be defined. So we're going to say marriage is comes first, and yes, in this marriage, we make financial decisions that, yes, the needs of our children financially, they do come after the primary comes first. So they don't come necessarily first. Mm-hmm. The, the family comes first, which is our, our necessary financial things like paying our making sure we have a roof over our head, making mm-hmm. sure that we have gas in the car, making sure we pay our car payment and insurance, making sure we have health insurance. And you know what? You can buy health insurance very at a very uh, low cost, maybe with a high um, deductible. But if you have a serious accident, uh, or you need major surgery, that $1,000 deductible, they're going to take payments. But when you get that $50,000 bill, because yeah. you don't have insurance, that $50 a month it doesn't sound like much. And they're always going to take payments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So first things first is the marriage, our common welfare should come first. So under A is marriage. Define what comes first, okay, in the marriage. Now, are you going to cover, you going to cover a single person too? Um, I can. Okay. Um, so we'll do marriage okay. and fidelity, monogamy, lifelong commitment. This is what our common welfare. Hold on, I'm writing this down. So under our marriage, fidelity, monogamy, monogamy, lifelong commitment. You know, when we got married, what did we want? You know, till death do us part, and right. under all conditions, in sickness and in health. And, and to death do us part, or, or excuse me, uh, in sickness and in health does not mean the flu. Right. It means alcoholism. It means it means diabetes. It means, it means hepatitis. Being, it means it disability. Means, it means yeah. It means uh, uh, sometimes there's a car accident and someone uh, becomes a quadriplegic and the spouse needs to take care of the other spouse and you know you might get tired of it but tough. mental illness, mental illness. You know, tough is what I want to say. Yeah, tough. It does get sometimes life is hard. Yep. You know, and sometimes it's hard. And, and when you have things that are hard, that's when we ask for help. And I need respite care, which is if I have a child or I have a family member that is in this family, and family, our common welfare should come first, is the physical needs, okay? And, and the mental and, and the emotional needs come first. And if in the physical, I need sleep, so I have someone with a disability. Um, I I need respite care, which means I need some rest. So there are agencies that provide respite care, say for a weekend or for a week, to allow me to recover and to get some rest, to take care of myself, to go out to a meeting or to eat or to a movie, to laugh, mm -hmm. to play, to plant in the yard, to, I need respite, I need time off from caregiving on top of a job. You, you're saying a word that is just, you know how they say the steps will line up with the traditions? I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, okay, I need help. I, I, sometimes I need somebody else to come in and help me because what? I am powerless right. over exhaustion uh -huh. and all this stuff. Yeah, this is awesome. I love this. It's so okay. Yeah. You know, it is self-responsibility for self-care to ask for help. And also, um, you know, I had an issue with my birthday. And I realized when when I was single that I had a, I had a talk with little Carol and... And, and I listened to her, and somebody's like, well, were you a split personality? No. And I remember asking my sponsor, when am I going to be like one person? You know, because there was little Carol and adult Carol, because <laughs> little Carol was sometimes in charge, and it was obvious. Yeah. And that was not a mental disorder that was um, growing up. And she just said, one day you will feel like a whole person. And, and that happened. But I listened to her one day. I talked to little Carol and about her birthday. I'm like, you know, and, and she's like, you know, I, I, I'm afraid it'll be forgotten. So my responsibility as an adult was to be honest 
Now that part is part of our common welfare should come first is honesty has got the principles, which is honesty is one of them, uh-huh. is to be honest about what I need. Okay? Yep. So when it came to my birthday, I had to be, I needed to be honest and say, you know what? My anxiety about my birthday, I act like it's no big deal. And the truth is, to my significant other or to my friends, if I'm single, is, you know, I'm really afraid it doesn't matter to anybody and that it'll be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And what I really need and want. So I want to celebrate my birthday with the people that I love. Will you help me plan that? So, again, asking for help and being honest about what I need. Not saying, oh, I just wish somebody would do something for my birthday. And I wish I'd really like this. You know, that's mm-hmm. not being honest. That's whining and manipulating. Mm-hmm. But just being up front to, to those who care about me and say, you know, I'd really like to celebrate my birthday with uh, dinner with with my family and my best friend. That's that's what I want. I really don't want a big party like when I turned 50. I, I, I wanted, and I said, and I love wedding cake. I love wedding cake. If, if you have a wedding, I want to go because I love it. <laughs> I want to eat the cake. You know, and I love birthday cake. I love cake. I, it's just, uh and uh, it's crazy. <laughs> and so what did they have for my birthday last year? They had, a, they had a birthday cake, but it was made out of a wedding cake. <laughs> That's you know, cool. My, my daughter ordered it, and, um, and it slipped and slided around in the car as, as <laughs> someone brought it uh, to the head. She was so upset because it wasn't perfect. And I said, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. Yeah. It has wedding cake and it has wedding cake icing and thank you. I don't. It's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but I was honest, and that that takes courage. Mm-hmm. You know, and willingness. So once you know, as we work through the steps, you know, and I remember working through the steps a couple of times, and it says, you know having you know practice these principles in all our affairs, and I'm like, I don't know what the principles are. Uh-huh. Okay. If you don't know what the principles are, my suggestion is you work the steps again until you know what they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we have defined our common welfare should come first is the marriage. What is our welfare? Okay. Is this commitment in, under all conditions? Okay. Mm-hmm. Our common welfare that needs to come first is that, and this is like number two, is financially we need to save for our retirement. This is the adults in this family, is we have a responsibility to ourselves to be later on self-supporting. Right. In retirement is we need in our, in our younger years to start having money set aside from our paycheck that goes into retirement or a pension fund that is a hard thing to understand when you're under 40 mm-hmm. and or maybe under 30 mm-hmm. or 35 because I, as a single parent, I mean, that was just so off my radar that it was 
check to check, paycheck to paycheck. And when Ray and I got married, he's like, you know, we've got to um, set aside so much money in our retirement. And I'm like, why? I mean, let's get through the next two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it took a while for me to get it. But I finally did is add up years and add up savings. And then what happens, which happened to a lot of us in 2001, is uh, depending on who was managing your retirement, um, ours was lost. Every dime Mm -hmm. was gone. You know, and that was really painful that my husband had worked so many years and we trusted someone that we yeah, thought was um, trustworthy, and um, bad decisions were made. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you don't understand, and this is the other part of this, is our common welfare. If I don't understand something, I don't know something, I have a responsibility to learn about it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not taking someone's word who is, say, managing our savings or managing our retirement when they said, oh, this margin account, if you need to buy something, don't worry about it. Just write a check. You know what? You need to read on what a margin account is. Yeah, if you don't know what they're saying, you need to find out. because That's right. Yeah. That is what we had to look at is we had a part because we just carte blanche gave this person all the trust. Yeah. And, and and didn't take our part in learning. It's just like when you send your kids to school, hopefully you take time to find out something about the school or the teacher. At least you find out what time the school hours are. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, if we are putting this common welfare first and we're doing it in an order so that as it trickles down, and we're taking care of first things first, and we, we're making sure that the financial, which is number two, no, number one is is the the adults are taking care of their personal commitments, so they're on the same page, or the single person, a single parent's on the same page, and has a um, um, a relationship with the children's other parent mm-hmm. that is that does not put those kids in the middle yeah. where they have to feel like they have to choose that is practicing principles and through gritted teeth <laughs> yes sometimes you know you bite your tongue and you don't say something degrading or putting your children's parent other parent down because it hurts them hear me it hurts your child. Mm-hmm. And if you need to vent, you call a friend or call your sponsor because your child's not going to forget. And they're going to resent you, not the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, par- divorced parents, bad mouth. They, you know, a lot of times there's resentment about money. I send your parent this, you know, your mother or your father this much money and, you know, and you shouldn't need any money from me, you know, and it hurts the child, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it really, really hurts. And and if you're practicing a, a program, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth and you call somebody and you go, you know what, this, because it, it hurts, it hurts. And, and your child is not the one to vent it to. And that, again, 
is if you're drawing a chart is, you know, like a, a business, um, your boss will call uh, and talk to someone on the same managerial level and vent or talk about difficulties. He's not going to talk to those who report to him or her. He's not going to call his boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay? good, good point. So yeah. you need to have like a managerial chart mm-hmm. <laughs> <in your family laughs> on, on how it trickles down. So if uh, the foundation is the adults are taking care of first things first, which is no one's out having an affair. Yeah. And 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 we're on the same page with parenting. We're on the same page with how many kids we're going to have. We're on the same page about our, our uh, practice of our spiritual life, uh, which it does say that it suggests strongly in the big book that it is wise when it in in the family after that the family pick up the same set of spiritual tools as the recovering alcoholic. Um, and and now we're on the same page about money. All this takes time, okay? Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've had some of this discussed before you get married. <laughs> and and I, I do, I want to say something about that real quick, too. Okay. Um, this is so, so vitally important. You know, people say all the time, well, we don't need marriage counseling. Okay, this is the deal. Do you, do you know, you tell somebody that, or somebody that wants to fly a plane, do you know how to fly a plane? No. So, I don't just give you the keys and let you go fly the plane. Well, no. Well, do you know what it's like to be married? No. Well, what makes you think you should just get the keys then? Do you want the same things? Do you want yeah? Do you want children? Simple little things. I don't. I don't know. We haven't talked about it. You You got to talk talk about about that stuff. You really do. And finances. And I mean, it ended. That was an issue that ended. Was played. It wasn't the thing, but it played a huge part in in my first marriage. The demise of it is I wanted a bunch, (laughs) a bunch, and he wanted two. And, yeah, but didn't discuss it and didn't come talk to about an it. agreement prior to marriage. And, and people say, "But we're in love." Well, you know what? So is everybody else. Love's not enough. No, love is not enough. So, um, whether you're you're single, you're you're you know, you know, write write these things down. You know what your common welfare is, okay? And and what what. You know how how you're going to do things when it comes to these areas, um, um, and then when you get to the money, once you take care of the first things first, which is um, uh, what do you call it? Um, a fixed expenses, mm-hmm. your household expense, um, your household expenses. Then, then what comes next would be the money for what the kids need. Mm-hmm. You know, I promise you that my kids are going to get school clothes before I'm going to go out shopping for me a new outfit right. work. You know, everybody doesn't do that. Nope. Okay? And i got to tell you, this is, this, it's funny today, you know, but I was an imperfect parent. Um, but, you know, my kids have told me that they do not recall ever going without what they needed. Mm-hmm. And they're adults today. And when my son told me that, 
I can't tell you how that felt because for a while we lived in this really small condo. <laughs> you know, and when we I was married to their dad, we lived in a huge house, huge, with a swimming pool and and everything. And and we're in this little condo and and years later my son tells me, you know, I mom, I just want you to know I don't recall ever not having what I needed or going without things. And and there was there was a time that when school started, um, I just didn't realize how much he'd grown. And he wakes me up and he's got on his jeans and I'm like, oh my gosh, they were like, um, right below his knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't tell you how I beat myself up. I'm like, okay, you can wear shorts today. He was in elementary school, and we will go school school, we'll buy you some new jeans tonight. You know, and it was hard. It was a very stressful time, school shopping, which is this time of year, the supplies, mm-hmm. the school clothes. It was very stressful, and, you know, thank God I had one credit card because I couldn't do it all at one month with two kids. Mm-hmm. And um, And it's not that they had, you know, designer expensive clothes it's just that they're just they were it was just a lot all at one time and i didn't have a say i didn't make enough to have a saving sure you know and if we had a vacation i started paying for it six months in advance and that's how i made that happen and there was another time that it was his birthday um you know and this is a single parent who's working umpteen hours sponsoring i had a date every now and then my kids were in sports both of them one in one school and one in the other and um, i had a sponsor i sponsored people i had step studies i went to meetings you know so grocery shopped and then at 10 o'clock at night i'd pay bills and we had dinner together every night Mm -hmm. uh, monday through friday or monday Really, Saturday was the only night we didn't have dinner together, and that was our time together. Wow, how important. But talk about your common welfare. Having your meal together is... Right. Uh, that's how. That was the only time yeah. that we were all together, and they could tell me about their day, and you know what? I'd tell them about my day. Yeah. And it was. It was... It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was so wonderful. So, you know, if you want to know what your common welfare is, write it down. Write it down. This is a time that's going to go by so fast. And you know what? This is what they remember. Mm-hmm. And they remember, like my, my daughter reminds me not too long ago, she's like, you know, Mom, you told us to keep our side of the street clean. And, you know, she remembered that because Mm -hmm. she spent the night with some girlfriends in junior high. And I knew something was up a week or so later uh, Mm -hmm. when she was cheerleading. And I'm like, you know, I talked to her casually. Yeah, something's going on. I mean, she just could not. She's a terrible liar, (laughs) which is good. But she, poor thing, she really did not get away with, I mean, uh, anything. Yeah. I mean, she just didn't. Now, my son, that was a different story, um, because he's so sweet. And and my daughter just, she couldn't get away much. And, and so the coach was like, well, something happened when they spent the night together, these girls. And I'm like, okay. So 
I sat her down. I'm like, you know, oh, I got a call from one of the fathers um, uh, where she spent the night and said, you know, I know these girls spent the night with somebody else, and um, they stole a car. Well, it happened when they were spending the night with it to his house, okay? <laughs> I sat her down, and I'm like, you know, can you want to tell me what's going on? Yeah. So she finally fessed up. Well, they had gone to one of the kids' um, boyfriend's parents' house, or boyfriend's house. And these are junior high kids mm-hmm. and girls, and they're not malicious. They're good kids, but they did something stupid, they and dumb, they took the parents a brand-new Cadillac. Oh, no. They backed it out of the driveway. Now, these girls can barely see over the steering wheel. They didn't even get it out of the alley, and they hit the fence. So they pull it back in the driveway. Well, this brand-new Cadillac now has a dent in the bumper. <laughs> So the parents come home, and they blame it on their son, mm. who had been caught doing all kinds of things and was always in trouble, so they just assumed it was him. And he didn't tell them. And so I'm finding out who all, who's all who is involved, and I said, you have to make amends. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is how you teach your kids, mm-hmm. is just, you just... You, if you hold them accountable, if you've been, if I've been held accountable to clean up my side of the street, and I explained that to her, I said, you know, how fair is it that he is taking the fall for what y'all did, and his parents are believing their son did what you did, what y'all did as a group? And I told her, I said, you've got to clean this up, and I will be with you, because they were too young to go off and do it on their own. So I said, I will do it with you. I said, you call your girlfriends and I will pick y'all up from school. Um, You you call the parents and make an appointment with the parents and tell me what day. So they did. And the the girl whose father called me as the only girl whose parents would not let her go. But all the other girls, I picked them up from school to take them to meet with these parents. And they had no idea why they wanted to meet with them. So here, I think there are four or five of them in my car, and we go out, and I introduce myself to these parents, and I sit down, and I have never been so proud of a group of, I guess they're 13 in junior high, and some of them were cheerleaders, and and like I said, they're good kids, and the parents are sitting there not having no idea why they're there, and this is our common welfare coming first because my daughter was unhappy she had a secret she didn't know how to deal with so because i'm i'm taking care of myself i am in tune when my child there's something going on with her okay and so it's my responsibility for our unity and our, our welfare, but also our unity in our family, because there's not much unity, because when you've got a secret, you're going to go up and you're going to go stay away from the people who know you. And I took them, to, and, and they were meeting with the parents, and they just tell them, they said, you know, we are the ones that took your car and put the dent in the bumper, not your son. Hmm. And the parents, just their jaw just hit the floor in shock. And they told them, they said, you know, we need to let you know what the repercussions have been. Our insurance dropped us. 
mm. because our son has had so many accidents in our car. Mm-hmm. So we have lost our, uh, we're now in a high risk, and he's no longer covered. So you need to know this is a consequence of what y'all did. And they were very calm. They were, and they said, you know, we really appreciate you having the, the the courage that it had to have taken for you to come here and tell us the truth, because our son has been taking consequences for for what he did not do. And we are now here again. Here's an example of a couple, a married couple, going behind closed doors and getting on the same page. They didn't do it in front of these kids. Mm-hmm. They said, we need to talk about this, and we will get back to you on what we need to do. And they said, thank you, and we'll be, we'll be calling you. So that's what these parents did, is they were alone and disgusted. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That is what parents do. And they together got on the same page and said, we are going, you know, this is how much the replacement of the bumper costs, and we're splitting it this many ways. All the girls that were involved, there were, you know, all of them that were there minus one. So they counted all of them, and they divided it up and said, this is how much you owe us. And so (laughs) that's how they dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And that is a unified front. Mm-hmm. And so when she found out how much she owed, I said, okay, making financial amounts. You take half of your allowance to them every week. I'm not paying for it. Yeah. And not all of your allowance, half of your allowance, but you have to take it to them every week. Mm-hmm. And she did until she paid them off. Mm-hmm. Now she's 13 and learning this. Yeah. And this allowed for our common welfare, her common welfare with her friends, and for our family unity. Because she didn't need to hide out anymore, so I wouldn't find out what was going on. Mm-hmm. So the financial thing, so she learned about amends, about keeping her, her, her side of the street clean. We also have a financial, we have a budget. There's accountability. And if there's financial, I call it financial bleeding uh, going on, meaning there's there's money going out and you have no control over it, is that will threaten your welfare and your unity just as much as, you know, as finances and romances. An affair, you know, if if we have, uh, we don't have monogamy in a marriage, that's going to threaten the marriage. If we don't have, let's say, monogamy with our finances, where we're on the same page and we are managing the finances, when it's how much is going out, where it's going out, and we're making conscious decisions, we are being responsible for the money that we have, it's bleeding and it's going to threaten the unity. Yep. Okay? So being on the same page parentally with how much allowance or if they get paid for chores or if they not get paid. You know, those things, you know, it's kind of like having your household principles, you know, of what you live by. Another thing that you want to put on, what is your common welfare 
should come first is dependence on God. We've got about five minutes left. Okay. Just so you know, um, we can, and we we can talk about bleeding. We can bleed into next week too. There's no rush okay. on this. Yeah. Uh, we may need to do unity next week because right. what's so important is is our common welfare should come first. Is our dependence on God? On God. Okay. Um, this means, uh, and, and this is this is something that is so important to me. And I know there's listeners that that aren't. Uh, Christians necessarily, but but the deal, this whole thing about not being unequally yoked, you know, if, if we're on a different page spiritually when it comes to who we believe in in God, that that is a setup for disaster. Absolutely, and yeah. and we talk about um, is it the preamble where um, I'm trying to think where my, my mind's kind of at a loss where. Um, there is but one authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Right. Okay? That is the same principle in our family. There is but one ultimate authority. Not my husband. Mm-hmm. Not me. God. God is the ultimate authority. And if we have a family conflict, we have a marid- marital conflict, or if I have, as a single parent, a conflict with my children, guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray. Yeah. Because the ultimate authority in this house is God. And we are all individuals. So, And that's the thing that, that's brought up in this tradition. Does that mean, um, in, in the 12 and 12 it brings us up, that the individual doesn't count for much? Is he dominated by the group? So is the in, are the individuals in the family dominated by the group? No, and not allowed to express themselves as individuals? Absolutely not. No. You know, we are all, and that's, this is what it says on page 129 of 12 and 12, um, it says, we believe there isn't a fellowship on earth which lavishes more devoted, I love this, more devoted care upon its individual members. Surely there is none which more jealousy guards the individual's right to think, talk, and act as he wishes. Okay, now some will say, well, you mean my kid can think, talk, and act as he wishes? No, he can think as he wishes. He can make decisions to talk and act as he wishes. But if it is going to threaten the common welfare and unity, mm-hmm. that is a decision that that, say, teenager has to make. If my, you know, or parent, you know, if I tell my kid to shut up, mm-hmm. I'm shaming them. Right. That's not building our common welfare. That's not building unity. Mm-hmm. Okay? If I ask my child, you know, because I'm wanting them to shut up, well, why don't I listen? Mm-hmm. Why don't I say, well, you know what? Instead, of, you're, It's not okay to yell at me because we practice, again, if we're practicing the principles, then... You know, I may not agree, you know, then I need to listen, too, yeah. to my child or to my spouse. And it's done or practicing the principles with respect, with love, with tolerance. And you know, it says we practice love and tolerance of others as our code. 
Now, what it comes to our teenagers, so they get to, and they're not swallowed up by the unity of the family. Well, if what they're doing is threatening the unity, this family will die. This family will be, you know, we are like a ship that has sunk, and we are hanging together, because if we don't, we will die. Mm-hmm. So if um, an adult or if a member of the family makes a decision that threatens the common welfare, be it gambling, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sexual acting out, what it, whatever, mm-hmm. you have the right to think, talk, and act as you wish unless it threatens the common welfare and and personal recovery depends upon unity. And when we'll get into personal recovery, the family has healing to do. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. I'd like to talk about that next week. But yes. Common yeah. welfare. So listening to my child instead of saying shut up, we talked about this about pets last week. I need to listen. What is this child, this teenager especially, what are they trying to tell me? So just stop. Mm-hmm. Pause. It says when agitated or doubtful, we pause. So pause. Take a deep breath. You know, what What is it you want to tell me? You know, you can also have a rule that, you know, if you find yourself in a situation that you're in a place that you know will violate the family rules, you can call me it, no matter what time or where you are. I don't want you to put yourself in a position where you are going to be threatened or physically hurt, like getting in a car where somebody's drunk driving, or you're mm-hmm. drunk and you're driving, or you're in a sexual situation and, and you're on a date and you find out that's why you're on the date. Call. No questions asked. You're not going to get in trouble. If you're drunk and you're, you don't get behind the wheel, call me and I'll come pick you up. And you know what? You've got to live that. Yeah. They've got to have, you know, we have an out with our 10th step. Our kids have to have that too. Mm-hmm. And, and so we listen. What is it you're trying to tell me? And they may say, you know, I want a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I want a tattoo. Okay, well, I don't think that's, an okay thing to do um, at your age, at 14. So if I'm a single parent, I can say, let me pray about this, and I want you to pray about it, and let's talk next week about it. And here are some things I want you to think about. How are you going to feel at 25? Where do you want this tattoo? Okay, it's going to be hard to hide. What's it going to be? How are people, do you know what people's perception, why don't you ask people, adults, how they perceive when you start, say you get out of college and you try and get a job, or you get married, and you have on that wedding dress or that tuxedo, and your kids, or you want to go swimming, and your kids look at, you know, I want you to think about these things, and I'm going to think about, you know, why you want it. So you've told me, hopefully, why you want it. And let's talk this time next mm-hmm. week. And, but, and let's pray about it. And, and pray about it right then. Yeah. And, and when you talk about God 
but depending on God is part of our common welfare, then we need to put that into action, and that is family prayer. We're, we are out of time, we, 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 and I hate to do it. Family, this is so that's great. Okay. I, you know, I want to yeah. end with family prayer. Family prayer is, is, I used to hear this, the family that prays together stays together. Sure, sure. And, and some of those are memorized prayers, and, you know, it's a gift and a tool and a strength and a rope, a life rope that we give our kids that when we can pray together because it's so intimate, yeah. what can they not bring to us? Amen. Amen. Oh, a lot to think about and great, great stuff. And I can't wait till next week when we, we continue this about unity. This has been excellent, Carol. Thank you. Good. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, it was wonderful for me to read it. And, and think about your business. If you're, you know, like your family's doing fine yep. and you're, you're starting a business, start reading Tradition One and, and start your business foundation on this tradition. Yeah. Amen. Folks, don't forget, if you'd like a copy of You've Got the Time, a 40-day plan for listening to the New Testament, it only takes 28 minutes a day, email me. We're going to send one of these out every week. And folks, don't forget to come back next week as we continue this excellent, excellent series on applying the traditions into our personal lives and relationships with Carol Ann Preston. Thanks, Carol. We'll see you later. Welcome. Have a great week. And listeners, I'd love to hear your feedback and um, our questions. And also, um, the radio show needs sponsors. We so do. If anybody's interested in sponsoring this show, contact Monty. <laughs> yes, we need your help, folks. We Thank really do. Thank you for listening. Yes. Folks, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man with Carol Ann Preston. And we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. Bye. She won't forsake me. I'm loving angels instead. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.